Hello and welcome to What Do You Want To Watch with me, Craig. And me, Tom. And so we're back. It has been a rather delayed podcast. I think we've been threatening to do this for weeks and the shows that we're reviewing are probably wildly out of date as a result, but that's not going to stop us reviewing them. And I might say that this could be the highest ever scoring week of shows. Some big names in there. What are we watching this week, Tom? Or this month? Or two months, however long it's been? Oh, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I think they're going to be big numbers from us and the Dudums this week we, because their shows we probably both really enjoyed, I'm imagining. Um, Sex Education, the final series. I'm sure everyone's looking forward to that headliner. Gen V, uh, the series that's a sort of spin-off of The Boys. And The Continental, which is a spin-off of what's-his-face? Um, Jonathan Wick. Jonathan Wick. John Wick. Good guy. But before that, what have you been watching this week slash month? Well, I've been watching an awful lot because, as I say, it's been a long time since we had a chance to do the pod. I think I suppose some of the key things I've been watching is Boiling Point, which has been brilliant. So um, if you're not familiar with it, it was a film that came out a couple of years ago, which if you like the beer, you'll probably enjoy this. It was The film was a 90-minute one-take film. So it was all shot in one take, which was rather impressive. It was Stephen Graham, Kitchen Drama, and then this TV series, which has been on BBC iPlayer for the last month, all episodes have now been shown because it's been that long since we recorded it, and follows on from the events of the film. I would say exactly what happens because it would spoil the film, which is just about still on 4OD for anyone who's not seen it. Um, so very worth checking out. And the TV series is brilliant as well. I think it has really been the year of culinary dramas because The Bear has been one of the best shows of the year. Boiling Point may be the best British show I've seen this year. Um, it was excellent. So really recommended that. Another thing I randomly watched was a film which I can't remember if we watched when we were flatmates. Um, it was called Hell or High Water. Um, I had very vague recollection of it. It was a bank robber film in Texas with Chris Pine. And was it an Oscar nominee? Maybe that's I think it was an Oscar nominee and um, Jeff Bridges. And it was brilliant. It was actually one of the best films I've watched this year. And I'd very... So recollection <laughs> having seen it, I was a vague idea that I maybe had seen it before, and I think I maybe did watch it with you, but I couldn't tell you much beyond that. But I really enjoyed it, and that was recently added to Netflix. So those are probably some of the key things that I would be um, enjoying. What okay. about yourself, Tom? Have you been watching anything else outside? Well, you can imagine the theme of mine. The two I've been watching are Murder in the Badlands, which is seems to be. I think it's all in Northern Ireland. Women being murdered. Are the bad is the Badlands a certain place? I don't know. It was mediocre at best. Is this a true crime thing or is it a drama? Yeah, sorry, true crime. It wasn't very exciting. Probably wouldn't recommend. I also watched Who Killed Jill Dando, which is more of your classic Netflix documentary style. Decent background watching. Again, I wouldn't recommend it. Did you did you watch the Murdo Murders Part Two? Oh, I apologize. I have watched that as well. I forgot that. I thought that was watchable. Yeah. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, we did watch it. Yeah, because we've sort of seen the first part, but then obviously between the first part coming out and the second part being released, obviously there was all the news headlines about what happened. So it did take away some of the Excitement. Yes. yes. We knew what was going to happen, but um, certainly seems to be a theme of your watching, Tom. It's, if it's not true crime, yeah, you're not interested. No, it's quite murder-orientated, yeah. But as I say, 
that that murder one was probably the best of best bad bunch, I'd say. Well, not high reviews there, but hopefully Gen V Sex Education and the Continental Fair looks a bit better, and we'll get into sex education now. So it's time to get your tissues at the ready because it's the final season of sex education. <laughs> with Maeve in America, how will Otis cope without her and how will he, Eric, Ruby, Amy and the others fit in at their new very progressive college? Jean has to juggle life with a new baby and career ambitions and will Professor Groff finally prove to Adam he's a good dad? There's a lot to deal with in this final season, Tom. So what did you make of this climax? <laughs> Superb. Some lovely puns in there. Well, I was not sure how they were going to sort of deal with this season because I felt like a lot lot of things had happened. And to be honest, I wasn't really sure how they could make it that exciting. But I think the move of school, a lot of new characters, while still uh, finishing off a couple of storylines, the bun, the bun, that I think it, it worked. Uh, um, and for that, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, and yes, it was it was a good good end to the the season. I'm not sure. One thing I would one negative I bring in is I think they probably must have paid a lot of money for what's his face from Shit's Creek, Dan, Dan and, Yeah, and I didn't I didn't think he really added much to it. But that was the only thing that I'd say was a slight negative. What did you think? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I agree. Dan Levy was a good casting choice, but it's a very small role and was quite inconsequential. I think, yeah, I think it is a, a good final season. I think they have wrapped things up and it was probably time to come to an end. I think it probably did try and juggle too many storylines and particularly in that last episode where I suppose the crux or the main storyline everyone's wanting to know about is Otis and Maeve and without giving anything away, it did feel that like that was slightly rushed in the final episode as they were trying to tie together all the other storylines that they felt throughout the season. There was um, Jackson with his health scare and there was Amy and her... Um, getting her self-confidence back after what had happened to her a couple of seasons ago. There was the new characters with dealing with their relationship issues and there was the sex counsellor election and there was Jean and her sister and the baby dad. And that's probably not even... And Eric, and he's trying to do the church and... um, Groff or whatever you call Groff and, yeah, him going off. Um, So all these storylines were put into the final episode and it did mean that some of the storylines you were really interested in like me, even notice I felt did get pushed a little bit. But aside from that, like as ever, it looks great. It's a really funny show. It's really well written. It handles a huge number of fairly sensitive topics pretty well, and in both a dramatic sense and in a humorous sense. The so yeah, I think it's a good show. Where would you rate it? It's kind of the pantheon of Netflix originals. I'd say it's. I mean, I I wasn't. I mean, it tied up some stories quite well, but I, by the end, I wasn't that fast about Maeve and Otis. But overall, I think it's really good. I'd probably rate it quite highly and give it a four to dums. Yeah, and where would you put it in terms of the other Netflix original shows? What else have we got? I'd say the... um, Well, Stranger Things, Orange is the New Black. I mean, Stranger Things is obviously better... Uh, what's the drug one in Swampland? Uh, Bloodline. No. Oh no, Ozark. Ozark, yeah, Ozark's better. Not as good. As, it's better than the Queen's Gambit. Um, the yeah. Crown. 
the I'd say it's top five. Top I'd five, top okay. Five, probably low in the top five. What would right, you say? Probably top ten-ish. Top ten, I think. There's probably better things I've enjoyed. Um, Orange is the New Black, um, for one. So, yeah, probably in the top ten for me. Bojack Horseman is maybe right up there. Uh, I, I, those last two, I've I've never been that fussed about. But Yeah. Well, anyway, so getting back to the topic of hand of sex education, season four. So, as you say, it's, it's a solid final season. There's some good moments in there, some nice storylines. The cast, as ever, is great. And I expect we'll... You know, it's sort of been a launching pad for a lot of these guys who are obviously going on to bigger and potentially better things. Of course, um, Eric, the actor who's playing him, is going to be the new Doctor Who. Was it? In- I'm going to butcher Maeve his pronunciation. Barbie. What was that? Sorry, Maeve's Barbie. Maeve's Barbie. So I suspect um, we'll see a lot more from these guys in the future. And it was a, a great season. Gillian Anderson is fantastic as ever as well. Getting it mentioned. So I'll give it. Four to Dooms, I think, is a fair. It wasn't a perfect show, um, particularly in this final season, but it was very enjoyable and one that would be a, another big miss for for Netflix as a lot of their bigger shows are, are coming to an end. By sex education. Okay, now it's that time. It's the news. So Netflix have announced a new film, Leave the World Behind, an apocalyptic thriller starring Julia Roberts uh, I'm going to butcher this. Mahers, Mahershala, Mahershala, Ali. Um, there we go. And Kevin Bacon. Uh, it'll be out on December the eighth. It's from Sam Esmail, the creator of Mr. Robot. I can't say I've ever watched that either. But does this do it for you, Craig? An interesting premise. Sam Esmail's got good pedigree. Mr. Robot was a great show. Looks a great cast. Interesting premise. Good director. Very much looking forward to see this when it comes out in December. Does Kevin, just Bacon, said. does Kevin Bacon do anything other than the EE ads these days? Well, maybe that's his role in the film. He'll just pop up and say, now available, you can get the new iPhone 15 <laughs> for, 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 for £45 a month on EE. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, next up, Alice in Borderland. Uh, we'll be back for a third season on Netflix. I thought this was a typo. I've I've never heard of this. I thought it was Alice in Wonderland. This was a really good show. It kind of gained a bit of popularity after Squid Games came out as a Japanese series um, of a similar sort of s- sort of genre in that there's a bunch of people that have to play crazy games to avoid death to you know survive. It wrapped up quite nicely, I thought, in season two. There was a it's a slightly bizarre, but a reasonable explanation of what was happening and how this world existed. But it was good, so we'll be, um, yeah, it'll be intriguing to see what they do in season three, having sort of wrapped up in season two and explained this is what happened. Cool. Um, and in bad news, Netflix are hiking the prices again. It feels like it was only two minutes ago they last hiked them. Um, by an average increase of £2 a month. Yeah, there seems to be on the back of, I think they've picked up about 8 million new subscribers because they've clamped down on password sharing. Um, and as a result, they obviously feel now that they can just charge more and more money. So it is um, getting more and more expensive, but I don't know if they're producing the content that's worth that amount of money. <laughs> No, not, this is true. I mean, the true crime stuff isn't the quality it used to be. 
Um, need some better murders. Well, there's some more murdery stuff coming out, Tom. You'll be glad to know. Oh, yes. And lastly in the news, um, Squid Game's The Challenge, a game show version of the hit series, um, is coming out on Netflix uh, in November 22nd. Um, I thought this sounded a bit interesting. Whether whether it's good or a pile of sh**, um, that will transpire on November 22nd. Yeah, I'm not sure I'll be that fussed by it. I thought it just looked... I presumed it was going to be something like Total Wipeout or something, but with Squid Game masks, but maybe it'll be more controversial than that. Who's hosting it? Richard Hammond? (laughs) It could be. That would be good. I mean, the trailer looked good. It looked very legit, like it was the exact program. um, I've not seen the trailer, so I can't comment a bit. What sort of tasks were they doing? No, like the tasks from the actual thing, pretty much. Like the... You know, the wifey that's they run across a field and then she turns around and if oh, she sees sees them then rather than being zapped or whatever or shot, it's like a paintball hits them. All right. Okay, that that's yeah, I don't think they could actually shoot them. Well, I mean it'd make it more people would watch it, I'm sure. They that they would, but would you want to go on it? No, I suppose not. I think people would go on it if the price was right. How much money would you have to be paid like to win if it was well, a real life Squid Games? Well, I don't feel like I'd take part because I don't think my athletic ability, you know, on the basis of a hundred people or whatever it is, I don't feel like my athletic ability would be even the top twenty percent, let alone the top one. So it's a no from me. Fair How enough. much would you do it for a price? No, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't have the confidence. I think I would be out in round one, I'd sort of stumble over a branch and get shot <laughs> by that that dolly. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Trying to stand still. <laughs> oh well, that was the news. So next up, we have the Continental from the world of John Wick to give it its full title, which is currently on Amazon Prime in the UK and Peacock in the US. So the title suggests it's the first John Wick spin-off and heads back to grimy 1970s New York and gives the backstory of Winston and how he came to lead the Continental. It stars Colin Woodall as a young Winston and for some unknown reason, Mel Gibson leads the cast as Cormac, the brutal current owner. So Tom, did you enjoy the Continental or did you wish you'd got the cooked breakfast? <laughs> well, you know, I always prefer the cooked breakfast. However, in this case, I thought the Continental was very good. I thought the first episode is an hour and a half long, so it's is a bit of a bit of one to plug through, I'd say, but enjoyable enough. I think it's a compelling story, good action. If you've watched, I've only watched two of the John Wicks, so I kind of understood the premise of the the hotel. Personally, the only downside I'd say is it spent a lot of time looking at sort of Winston and his brother's backstory, which I couldn't really care less about more action more red lighting in the continental hotel where where everyone can murder everyone and you can't you can't murder people in the continental that's the whole premise that's what i'm saying when the red light goes on you oh sorry apologies but uh more red lighting so i think i think the first episode with the backstory and stuff i thought was a bit of a slog to get to through but then beyond that i thought it was thought it was quite good and at the end was only when I realized that the um, the sort of Mel Gibson's butler man 
presumably is the the hotel receptionist. Yeah, uh, yeah, Sharon, uh, Sharon played by the late great Lance Reddick. Yeah, um, so it took me till the last seconds of the final episode to realize that it's a bit of a blunder. Um, but yeah, great, really enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, I thought this was superb. I, I don't think it's had that great reviews elsewhere, but I, I really, really enjoyed this. So, I mean, I thought the world, you know, it's be- it's kind of really beautifully realized. You've got kind of the dirt of New York, and each character you meet, I thought all the kind of new additional characters, Frankie, Yen, Katie, Miles, they all feel like they're kind of their own, their own real person that they're kind of fully realized, and they've got their own backstory, which sometimes is explained in a bit too much detail. Um, and I could easily have just watched a spin-off of any of these characters just, you know, because they all had, you know, their, their dojos or, you know, their time in Vietnam. There was just so much going on. I just thought it was great. They and could have just watched them forever, just hanging around or beating up baddies. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the negatives, yeah, certainly Mel Gibson, I just don't know why he was cast. I He was really kind of over the top and he was kind of like a caricature almost. It was really quite irritating. And he certainly was a real negative for me. Um, it was hard, I think, for the young actors, you know, Colin Woodall, who's trying to play Winston, and um, there was also, you know, as you say, the young Sharon, which is trying to follow in the footsteps of Lance Reddick. Those are two of the greatest kind of character actors working. So to try and do a version of that, I think they did admiral. You you mentioned that the episodes, they are long, they're all sort of 90 minutes. You know, the first John Wick film is only 100 minutes. So basically you're watching... <laughs> three films the john wick films have got longer in length i just actually watched the third one for the first time at the weekend it's just over two hours um ahead of the fourth one which is now out on amazon prime in the uk just a top tip to anyone who's looking for anything to watch because i think it's supposed to be one of the best films out this year i've not had a chance to see it yet but that is almost three hours so um the john wicks are getting longer and longer but i thought it was great one thing it would have been interesting is that i do find the whole concept of the high table or whatever else to talk about in John Wick, about these kind of, you know, the people that control the Continental and, like, being on the board and all that. And, and like, you know, there's these offices where people control all that. I'd love to know more about that because it seems really interesting and bizarre. But I thought it was great. The soundtrack was absolutely brilliant. It was just banger after banger. They yeah. had, you know, a Yes Sir, I Can Boogie, which is always going to be a favourite in Scotland. Right. Uh, I also thought that was that was such a bizarre scene because it was a, a sort of a hard man in a kilt with a sh- a sh- sounding Scottish accent, and then yes, sir, I can boogie started playing. I thought it was very sort of it, not everyone get would get that. It's very niche. I, I, I didn't even notice the Scottish thing. I was just doing the song, and um, yeah. but no, I thought it was it was brilliant. It was. Um, I'm gonna give this four and a half to Dooms. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree. Yeah, I thought the. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, some great bangers throughout. I agree with you on the high table folk. I felt like, you know, it's it very interesting, but you, you didn't really, I guess it is meant to be the mystique of it and you don't really hear much about them, but it would be nice to, I don't know if in the movies you hear more about them, but um, it felt very sort of skirted over a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, four and a half to dooms for me. Yeah, and I thought the action sequences, considering it's a TV budget compared to you know the action sequences in John Wick are you know some of the best um, action sequences in, in cinema at the moment. I thought the TV compared with them you know, pretty reasonably weren't quite as ingenious as some of the stuff they do in John Wick films. But I thought it was great, and yeah, I'd happily watch more from this world, and and hopefully there will be some more at some point. Yeah, I'd agree. 
Um, and yeah, I was also thinking that you said what's his face that played went the young Wince and did a good job. I didn't th- yeah, I thought he was a a really good character, and uh, I don't know if he's been in other stuff, but seemed a, a good upcoming actor. If not, okay, watch out. That's Tom's tip, Colin Woodall. Tip. <laughs> He'll be nominated for an Oscar next year. You'll see, yeah, and not that Mel Gibson. No, he has passed it. <laughs> Coming soon, let's have a look at what's coming up in the world of streaming. I should just point out as well, I've had to rewrite this numerous times because how delayed this episode has been, that most of the coming scenes that were in the original script are now oh, out. Come and gone. Come and come gone. gone. They've been, they've gone, they've conquered. <laughs> well, thank you for rewriting this for the umpteenth time. The funniest comedy on TV, in Craig's opinion, although I also agree, uh, What We Do in the Shadows returns to the UK on Wednesday, the 25th of October, as the fifth series arrives on Disney+. Plus. I didn't realise there were so many series of this, because obviously there's the original, then the, the, the sort of uh, British version came out. I think I've only must have watched one, if two, maybe, series of that. Is it as quality throughout? Yeah, so there was a film that was out, the original film. Oh, it's a film, yeah. With, um, is it uh, Clement? Jeff? It's not Jeffrey Clement, but the guy from Flight of the Concords, Taika Waititi, which is a New Zealand film, which was very good. And then there's now the fact, this is the fifth season of the TV series, which is actually an American production, even though most of the cast are British. It's the guy from Phonejacker, there's Matt Berry, um, there's Natasha... Oh, uh, Dimitri Glu. We're absolutely butchering these names today, but it is brilliant. And I don't think there's a show that makes me laugh out loud as much as what we do in the shadows. So the first couple of seasons were on BBC iPlayer until uh, Disney Plus came along and took them all. Bloody Disney Plus. Yeah, if I find some watching time, I would definitely give that a go. After the success of Painkiller, Netflix are turning to the opioid epidemic again with a new film, Pain Hustlers, starring Chris Evans and Emily Blunt. It will be out Friday, the 27th of October. As you know, I was a big Painkiller fan, so uh, this sounds quite good. Um, what's what's the premise of this? Similar? or I think it's just the exact same thing, but in a film, I don't really know what the difference is, so... I don't know what the value of it is to the entertainment business, but obviously they will continue to mind the opioid epidemic for stories. Okay. The Netflix adaptation of All the Light We Cannot See based on the bestseller World War II novel is released on Thursday, the 2nd of November. Um, I can't say I've read that, have you, Craig? I've not, though I did actually spot it in a charity bookshop today and I thought, Maybe I'll read that. But then I thought, no, I don't want to read it. I think it's about a blind French girl in World War Two, from the blurb on the back. Well, it doesn't sound that riveting, but all the best. <laughs> and lastly, Time returns to BBC One and iPlayer this Sunday. The prison drama has a new cast, including Jodie Whittaker and Bella Ramsey, and moves to a new women's prison for the second season. I mean, Jodie Whittaker, she's a quality actor. Don't know who Bella Ramsey is, but... You probably sounds... do. Bella Ramsey was in The Last of Us. She is oh, okay. the, 
the girl in The Last of Us. She was also was Game of Thrones. Game of you... Thrones, yeah. She was the young leader from the north. So you probably would recognize them. I think they go by. They go by. My apologies if I misgendered them. Them, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't see season one of this. It's a British drama, so it would shock you to learn that it did star Stephen Graham. I think oh. it was Stephen Graham and Sean Bean, maybe, uh, talking of Game of Thrones. But I've not seen this. But I think this is a completely separate season, new cast, new location. So if you've not seen season one, you can still enjoy season two. You might not enjoy it, but having seen season one won't affect it. Fair enough. Could be good. I wouldn't have time to watch it, but best of luck. No pun intended. <laughs> I'm not following. You said you wouldn't have any time to watch it. The show is called Time. Oh, oh the show is called Time. Oh, okay, that's that's coming soon. So it's time for another spin-off, this time from Amazon Prime's best show, The Boys. And this time, the soups are heading off to college or university, as it's more commonly known. The show is set between season three and four of The Boys, so all the teenagers are aware that their parents paid to have them injected with powers by Voight. Which, Voight? Vought. That's what, that's what it's called in Boston. Voight. Voight. Voight, which obviously adds another layer to teenage angst. This is especially the case for the lead Marie played by Jazz Sinclair, who discovers her powers and accidentally kills her parents at the same time. Awkward. <laughs> Years later, she is sent to none other than Godolkin University, where she has to try to make her way into the Seven and deal with secret conspiracies, as well as the usual college carnage. Drinking, drugs, sex. So, Tom, did this give you the power, or did you need a cold shower? <laughs> a cold shower? Oh, good, good Lord. Um... So I really enjoyed The Boys. Um, I thought, you know, spin-offs aren't usually very exciting. But, you know, I'd go as far as to say this might be actually better than The Boys. Oh, uh, big claim. Um, it's full of your usual sort of blood-splattered gore, for, signature blood-splattered gore from The Boys, some strange sex-related activities, maybe a mix of both with an exploding in this show. <laughs> you've got it all. You've got action. You've got you got superheroes, exploding willies. I mean, what more could you really want from a show? Yeah, you're right. This is a superb show. It's just amazing how they continue to find new and inventive ways to be like have disgusting violence in fights or disgusting sex scenes of just... Things that are so warped and twisted, you're just like, how on earth did this come to fruition and how am I watching this now on my <laughs> television screen or iPad? But it does and it's brilliant and it's funny. And and I think adding the whole sort of college teenage element to it, while I don't think it's as good as The Boys, the original, certainly um, is an interesting dynamic because you know, I think as I mentioned in the intro, it's tough enough being at university and college and going through all those issues there without the fact that you've got superhero powers and you've got this organization trying to control you and use you for PR or whatever else. And then you've got conspiracies being chucked in. And it's just a really great show. It's fun. It's gory. It's violent. But in amongst that, there is enough heart and intriguing storylines that it's not just carnage. And I think We've met, we've talked quite a lot, or I have talked quite a lot in the pod about sort of superhero fatigue and how 
Marvel especially is you're just fed up of watching all these the same things and it's just sort of CGI nonsense. Um, and DC's has always been quite dull, but The Boys, which was almost kind of like a rip-off of these things, is now, I would say, much better than any other superhero stuff out there. I don't know if, if you agree. Yeah, definitely. Much more interesting um, and unusual. And it's one of these sort of endless universes as well, because they sort of just come up with, it. for example, in this one, all sorts of random superpowers that are often comical that different people have. And then they have things like a woman's superpower is um, to shrink very small. Again, I think I'm going to give this four and a half to dooms. Yeah, I'd agree. It's a four. It's not perfect. Well, it's near perfect, but I, I never give a five to doom. So four and a half to doom. Super. So now it's time for our weekly quiz where I attempt to see if Tom has any pop culture knowledge. The answer most weeks is definitely no. And um, this week, the quiz is called X Education. Okay, now just cool your jets there, Tom. It's not quite as exciting as it sounds. The aim of this quiz is I will read out a quote from the social media ideally from X, which Twitter is now called. Thank you, Elon Musk. But because most of the people are flooding off Twitter, I've had to take some quotes from Instagram too. And you have to tell me which actor from Sex Education tweeted or did that on Instagram, hence X Education. Oh, this is great. Okay. So the first tweet is, I'm so tired of people filming me slash taking pics without asking while I'm on a night out. It actually kills my mood and my night. F off, leave me be, please. Was that Aza Butterfield, who plays Otis? Was it Emma Mackey, who plays Maeve? Or was it Nkutia Gatwa, who plays Eric? Mm, I don't think it's Maeve. Eric's quite sassy, so it could be him. But I feel like it's Otis. Correct. That was Aza Butterfield, who was not best pleased a couple of years ago about people taking photos of him on a night out. He just wants to enjoy himself, Tom. Yeah, but he's a celebrity now, so... Well, there you go. You can't staff off, I'm afraid. Well, there you go. Uh, one, One point to Tom. Next quote. This is from Instagram. Them balls were explosive. Thank you, Evian Water, for giving Silly and Billy the most thrilling day out. Was that Emma Mackey Maeve? Was it Nkutia Gatwa, who plays Eric? Or was it Amy Leewood, who plays Amy? Do we know what balls she's referencing? I do, because I have seen the image, but um, okay. I will explain afterwards. Hmm. You've also agreed that it was a girl when I said her so I don't think I did I think I said they so was it Eve, Eric or Amy I want to say Amy because you brought her in but I'm going to go with Eric correct spot on that was in Kutia Gatwa enjoying a day out at Wimbledon (laughs) excellent that's every water was a slight clue because they of course must be the the water spawn to the movie taken over from Robinson's should have known that Okay, next up, this is more of a, a general quick quiz question. Who was forced to delete their Twitter after criticising the accent of Gillian Anderson, played by Jean? Was oh. it Matt Damon, Jude Law, or Alec Baldwin? I, 
Mr. Matt Damon, Alec Baldwin, or who? Jude Law. Hmm. I don't think Alec Baldwin watches Sex Education. So I don't think it was specifically for the accent in Sex Education. Oh. I think it was just Gillian Anderson's accent in That's something. Quite, that's quite rude. I don't think it was Matt Damon either. Um, it could have been. I'm going to go Jude Law. Incorrect. It was Alec Baldwin. Oh. Well, he does shoot people, doesn't he? So, not not deliberately. I think he is getting tried for that again. I think he allegedly shoots people. Well, he did I, shoot someone. But... I don't think that's an allegation. <laughs> I think that is whether he meant really, it, whether he meant it or not. Unfortunately. Right. Okay, so the last one of X Education. Who put this on their Instagram? Happy Valentine's Day. Love who you love, especially yourself. Was it Amy Amy Lou Wood, who plays Amy? Was it Alistair Petrie, Prof Groff, or was it Emma Mackey, Maeve? Hmm. Doesn't feel Prof Groff. Um although he's a changed man now. Um Maeve or who's their first one? Amy. Amy Lou. It's gotta be Amy, isn't it? Incorrect. It was Alistair Petrie, Professor Groff. Oh. It was a picture of him sort of lounging on a Union Jack chair. Mm. Valentine's Day. He's obviously got that persona on. I, I think he was taking, making fun of himself, but there you go. So two out of four, that's not too yeah, bad. Yeah, but, yeah I'll, I'll take that. A bit disappointed with my result, but... You, you, know. you could say back to class with you, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the quiz. So that concludes probably the highest rated week we've ever had. Three big scores, three great shows, and certainly all worth watching um, for for various reasons. So any final thoughts, Tom? Any update on the, any of the Jonas Brothers or any other celeb gossip you, you like to share at this part of the show? No, I don't think there's any divorce, um, new divorce proceedings going on or that I know of between Sophie Turner and old Joe Jonas. Uh, but yeah, big week. I think, what's that? Uh, 13 out of 15 possible dudums this week. That's quite yeah. impressive. Well, in fact, that's what, um, really quick maths, that's... 26 out of 30 total dudums across the board. Uh, quite the scoring. Um, Hugh yeah. Jackman not getting divorced. Was that not? Oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. And then I saw he was out with <laughs> Ryan Reynolds um, and the whole, and, and T Swift, uh, all of them at the game to watch whatever that NFL guy that she's got, Taylor Swift's going out with now. Taylor oh, CC or something? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who he is. And then, what well, the best bit was, obviously, Ryan Reynolds, a picture of Ryan Reynolds not enjoying the NFL and the caption being about how he prefers um, real football. Have you watched any more of Welcome to Wrexham? I haven't, no. It's um, been really good. It has been good. Even though when you know the outcome, they had an episode on the sort of FA Cup run, which we... I remember watching the games against Sheffield United and things, and even still knowing what was going to happen, they still made it really tense and brilliant. Oh. Well, I should watch that. I did see that um, for Ryan Reynolds' birthday, um, 
they got Chris Pratt in a video, um, and I didn't know if it was serious. There's a park in Wrexham that they were making a, a stupid Ryan Reynolds sort of thing, and it's called Parks and Rex. I thought that yeah, was very clear. So, no, I think it is going to be a real park. I don't think that oh. I've been on the website, and they are planning a park that's going to be on the site of, I think, an old Wrexham music venue. And I don't think it's going to be called the Ryan Reynolds Park. That is the joke, but they are going to make a proper community space. So they're not just improving the football team in Wrexham, they're improving the whole blooming town. Oh, God, that's lovely. So there won't actually be a statue of Ryan Reynolds. That's a shame. Well, they might, jokingly, (laughs) but, um, you know, I've heard, you know, there's plenty of places in Scotland that could do with sprucing up. So if they... (laughs) We'd yeah, like to come and invest in any town or football team in Scotland, apart from the big two, it'd be it'd be very welcome. Preferably Aberdeen. Preferably nice. Aberdeen, because Aberdeen as a town is dying. You know, people are having to sell their Porsche like Gordon Ramsay just to <laughs> just to get a roof over their heads in Aberdeen. That's how bad the oil industry has no, exactly. gone. So, great week, all in all. We'll have to think about what we're going to watch for next time round. I hope everybody's enjoyed listening. Reach out to us at the at the usual channels. Um, we're really into big what listener numbers right now. So thank you all for for listening every week. It means so much to us. Um, and it's really with your support we can keep doing this as a full time job. So yeah, each and every listener is precious to us, and without you, we would be nothing. We would just be two guys talking on a webcam about some TV programs that they've watched over the last month, which some people may say is what this podcast is, <laughs> but they are wrong because, well, the, the data speaks for itself. <laughs> so thanks again. Tell all your friends about us, and see you in Wrexham. See you then. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And remember, it's at what to watchers, all the social media channels.